Hey there, if you are ready to build your service-based business from scratch and ditch your nine to five, then I want you to head on over to shedidherwaypodcast.com forward slash leap and download my free ultimate leap checklist and starter kit. Again, you can head to shedidherwaypodcast.com forward slash leap to download my ultimate leap checklist and starter kit to get started on building your service-based business and ditching your nine to five. Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, where it's all about making the ultimate leap from your nine to five and building a business and life you love all while doing it your way. I'm your host, Amanda Bolin. Let's get started. Hello, friends. Today on She Did It Her Way podcast, I want to talk to you about how to create the right habits for success. And today's podcast is inspired by a recent book that I read, and that is Atomic Habits, An Easy and Proven Way to Build Good Habits and Break Old Ones from James Clear. Now, the really big premise of this and and why I'm so excited to talk about it is because really your habits define the outcome and your success. And I'm going to get into that about what actually creates a success and why do habits help us achieve our goals. And one thing that I do want to point out is that small habits really make a big difference. And it's all about searching for tiny margin of improvement in everything that you do. So instead of believe that in order to transform yourself into this completely different person and making it seem like it is this grandiose journey, focus on what it is that you can do each and every single day And what I always like to say is whether you're moving an inch or a mile, the goal is to be moving forward. And that is the most important part. And habits and creating a successful life doesn't require you to do these massive changes. It requires you to make tiny shifts over time that lead to big results. And habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. That's why overnight successes are the exception and not the rule. It takes time to build a business, but it is what you do every single day that is going to help you arrive at your destination. Most people don't have the patience of transformation because the daily pace is slow. Think about if you start a new workout regimen and routine or if you decide that you want to eat healthier and get into shape. Just because you eat well for one day doesn't mean that your results are going to show immediately. Sometimes it doesn't even mean that if you eat well for a week, your results will show. Sometimes in order to see results, it takes 30 days before you see results. And that is really where you have to lean into that faith and that trust. And it's the same exact concept with building a business. You have to know and trust the process that every single day you're doing the things that you need to be doing to shift the needle because over time, those habits will compound just like interest and you'll be left with this massive result. But don't get discouraged because you don't see the change right away. Trust the process. So for example, if you put off emailing potential clients or skip a blog post for a day, or maybe you eat a bad meal um, one day, right? The impact is hardly noticeable, but a single decision is easy to dismiss, but it is actually repeating that error day after day and procrastinating on writing that blog post and never reaching out to potential clients or consuming a bad meal consistently is eventually leads to the ultimate problem. And so that I want to share because even let's say you have your tiny habits that you're doing every single day and maybe you have an off day or you eat a bad meal or one day you just are like, okay, I mentally can't reach out to any clients or I can't work on my business. One day is 
once, but you want to avoid getting into a routine of repeating that same behavior. A really great example of the impact that habits have on our daily life and how small things can lead to massive change, good or bad, um, massive, massive results, is that if a plane takes off in LA with the final destination of New York City, but it literally adjusts its nose by three and a half degrees south, just three and a half degrees. Just imagine three and a half degrees. I'm not talking a 90 degree angle. I am talking three and a half degrees. If it adjusted by that small of amount south as it takes off from LA, it won't land in New York. It will land in Washington, D.C. So that, my friend, is just another example of how even though you're doing tiny changes day after day and it doesn't seem like it's making an impact or it doesn't seem like it's making this, creating this massive result that you're after, it's the compound effect. So as that plane leaves LA, you're not going to notice that the three and a half degrees makes that big of a difference. But your destination is by far a completely different destination than what you anticipated. And that's why I want you to use that as inspiration when you think about the things that you're doing every single day that help you get closer to building your business. And in this case, gaining your clients and then quitting your corporate job. And so take a moment and think about your daily habits and how they guide your current life. And think about, you know, what if you made a slight change for improvement, how that would impact your destination in your life just in six months, a year, five years and and adjust it for the better because your outcomes and where you're at in life are all lagging measures of your habits. Again, your outcomes and where you're at in life are lagging measures of your habits. Just like if you choose to eat really well for a day, you're not going to see the result. But if you choose to eat well for 21 days straight, you might just see the result. If you are writing blog posts and content and reaching out to clients and building your business, you might not see the results in, in your ability to quit your job within two days. But over three months, over six months, you will then see the results. So it's about sticking with it and creating the habits that will then transform your life and get you to the result and destination that you want to be. Now, what creates success with habits? And that is in your systems, not your goals. And this is because goals are about the results you want to achieve. Systems are about the processes that lead to those results. Two people can have the very same goal, but what is the difference between the person who achieves her goals and the one who doesn't? It is in her systems, her constraints, her daily habits, and how she does things and doesn't do things. Money is an outcome, but what it is what that you do every single day that allows you to generate revenue and clients and grow your business. And the question is, where is your focus? A goal only changes your life for the moment. So let's say you achieve a hundred grand. Let's say you achieve running a marathon. That is just in that moment your life is is changed. But what you really must change are the systems that give you the results that you want. If you're a salesperson and you have a revenue goal, your daily habit might be focused on making 30 calls a day because you know that by getting on the phone and getting in the habit of just picking the phone up and creating that habit of calling, it will get you to your sales goals. The 30 calls a day is your system. If you're an online business owner, focusing on your online funnel funnel and how many leads you're generating each day may be your focus because you know that for every 25 leads, every 20 every time 25 people sign up for your email list, you have an email sequence that by the time they make it through, 3 out of 25 of those people end up buying your $1000 product. So the question is is how do you build a system in place that gets you more qualified leads every single day? 
Again, two people can have the same goal, but the one who's most likely to achieve her goal is the one with the systems and the daily habits built in place that automatically take care of achieving that result. If you want to grow your brand and awareness through Instagram, let's say that is a goal, then what is your daily habit or system that you want to create that will then result in you growing your influence or growing that platform? Maybe it's posting two times a day. Maybe it's doing an Instagram live every other day. Whatever it is, then how can you create a system that is a no-brainer that will then get you into the process of doing what it is that you need to do every single day that will just get you the result that you want? The goal is is to actually create the system that instead of focusing on the goal and the result, you just focus on the daily habits and behavior because you know that the rest will take care of itself. So when you choose to focus on the system versus the outcome or the goal, you learn to fall in love with the process. You also become more focused on the process and progress you make along the way versus whether or not you're going to make your goal. And when you focus on the right input, the output takes care of itself. Your commitment to the process will determine your progress. And this is an excerpt out of the book that I just, I love and I want to read this and share this with you. And that is that if you find yourself struggling to build a good habit or break a bad habit, it is not because you have lost your ability to improve. It is often because you have not yet crossed the plateau of latent potential. Complaining about not achieving success despite working hard is like complaining about an ice cube not melting when you heated it from 25 to 31 degrees. Your work was not wasted. It is just being stored. All the action happens at 32 degrees. And that, my friend, that stood out to me so much because I think we get so close to our goal. Um, And it reminds me of the book, The Three Feet from Gold, where it's a story about how these miners were searching for gold. And it ended up that they were searching for so many days and, and, and so much time that they had gotten exhausted because they hadn't reached their goal yet. And when they gave up, later on, they found out they were three feet away from achieving the goal. And this, in in the fact and the example of the ice cube, which he talks about how there's a point where if you go from 25 to 31 degrees of heating that ice cube up, that ice cube's not actually going to melt till it gets to 32 degrees. But if you give up at 31 degrees, you're so close. And at 32 degrees is really when you see the action. But it's being mindful of the plateau of latent potential. And too many of us give up in that latent potential because we think that the work that we're doing isn't actually getting us to where we want to go because so much of what is happening is taking place below the surface. And that, my friend, is why you have to trust the process and your systems that you put in place. We often experience, and I know I've experienced this, and I'm sure you have experienced this. Actually, I haven't met someone who hasn't experienced this, but if you are that person that has never experienced about what I'm going to talk about, I would love for you to hit me up because I'm so curious and I want to explore your brain. And that is that we often expect progress to be linear. We often expect, and you learn quickly as a business owner that this is not the case. You have so many values, val, um, valleys, you have peaks, and you kind of get comfortable with the process of the valleys and the peaks the highs and the lows. And so often, like in the beginning, I remember thinking to myself, like hoping that the success and everything that I wanted would come so quickly. But in reality, the results of our efforts are often delayed. They are so delayed. And it isn't until months or years later that we realize the true value of the previous work we have done. And this can result in a da-da-da-da. It's called a valley of disappointment where people feel discouraged after putting in weeks or months of hard work without experiencing any results. However, this work that you have put in, my friend, and that you are putting in is not wasted. It is just simply being stored. And it isn't until much later that the full value of previous efforts is revealed. And it goes back to that ice cube example that 
all your efforts of heating that ice cube from 25 degrees to 31 degrees is not wasted. It is being stored. You have to continue pushing through and trust the process that that ice cube and your work and your business and everything that you're doing is going to get to that 32 degrees of melting. It's going to get to that tipping point where you are going to see the results. So you have to stay focused and you have to stay committed to your process. Again, goals are not goals are about the results you want to achieve. Systems are about the processes that lead to those results and putting those processes in place, which I'm going to share um, a couple things with you and things that I do, but then also questions that I want to ask you to help you get you thinking about, okay, how can I start to put some of these systems in place? And behind every system of actions are a set of beliefs. And that really starts with what you as an individual identify with. Take, for example, a corporate environment and you have all these individual humans, yet this entire organization has a culture made up of it, a good culture or maybe not so great culture. But based on the beliefs of that culture is really where the systems are going to come in play along with the what is possible for a system. So it's almost like a system can't outgrow the beliefs of that organization um, or that culture. And in this case for you, your systems that you're going to put in place to help you reach the result that you want can only go as the limit of your identity. And in a previous episode, I talk about how to operate to your or how to operate from your vision, not to your vision. And so when you talk about the habits that you're going to create, you have to think about who you identify who do you want to be like and what do you identify and because the ultimate form of intrinsic motivation is when a habit becomes part of your identity it's one thing to say I'm the type of person who wants this it's a very different um, it's something very different to say I'm the type of person who is this so it's one thing to say I want to wake up early And it's another to say, I am someone who wakes up early. And so you have to start diving into that identity shift. So I'm going to go ahead and make sure to link. If you haven't tuned into that episode, uh, be sure to do so. You can check out the show notes. There's going to be a link to do that as well. So you can dive into that whole concept of your identity shift because you can only create and be as much as you want to be, as much as you identify. So you need to figure out like, who can I be in order to do and order order to then have. So I want you to make sure that you listen to that episode as well. Questions that you might ask yourself as you're coming up with different habits that you want to instill and about the results, you can ask yourself like, who is the type of person that could get the outcome that I want? Who is the type of person that could lose the 30 pounds that I want to lose, for example? Who is the type of person that could learn a new language? Who is the type of person that could run a successful startup? Who is the type of person that runs her own business? So start asking yourself, who is that person that does what you want to do so you can begin to embody that person and create habits and systems from that place? Each habit you create is like a suggestion to say, hey, maybe this is who I am. So let's say you're starting out and you're creating these habits. Your brain and your subconscious mind might think like, hey, maybe this is who I am. So if you finish a book, then perhaps you are the type of person who likes to read. If you go to the gym, then maybe you are perhaps the type of person that likes to exercise. If you practice playing the guitar, perhaps you are the person who likes music. Now, every action you take is a vote for the person who you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs about who you are, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. This is one reason why meaningful meaningful change does not require 
radical change. That's why small habits can make a meaningful difference by providing evidence of a new identity. And if a change is meaningful, it actually is big. That's the paradox of making small improvements. And putting that all together, you can see that habits are the path to changing your identity. And the most practical way to change who you are is to change what it is that you do. And when the votes mount up and the evidence begins to change, the story you tell yourself begins to change as well. One of the things that I love, love, love that he talks about in this book, James talks about in Atomic Habits, is that start small. If you want to start journaling, and I actually just coached a friend on this, and she's like, I know I need a journal, but like how? I always get frustrated because I just don't know where to go and I think I'm doing it wrong. And I'm like, here's the deal. Just do it for two minutes. Just only two minutes. Every single day, freehand, two minutes, that's it. Boom, you're out. Start anything that you have resistance around and just get yourself in the habit of two minutes. If you're like, I know I should meditate. I know I need to meditate. I know it'd be good for me. But the thought of meditating for 10 minutes is a little overwhelming and then you just don't even do it. Just give yourself two minutes. It's called the two-minute rule. So that's what I want you to do when you think about the things that you know that you need to do and you're not doing them because of the resistance, just do it for two minutes. So one, you have to decide the type of person you want to be. And two, what you're going to do is prove it to yourself with small wins. So start out small. And a way that you can do that is with the two-minute rule. One thing that I really love about habits is that it's a in a very it's a very efficient tool. And what I mean by that is that when habits are created, the level of activity in your brain decreases because over time, your habits become automatic and you no longer have to think about doing them. And so you you just become that person who does them. And they are basically mental shortcuts learned from experience. So you're not expending, you're not using the same amount of energy uh, after you create the habit as much as you are in the beginning because you don't have to think about it. That's why I also love systems and automation because as you create your template, as you create your workflow in your business, as you begin to do things and even in your personal life, when you start to create a system that you don't have to think about and you create the habits, it becomes automatic. So then you can use that energy that you otherwise would have to use to think about things and make decisions. You can then use that for the important things and reserve that brain power for the stuff that only you need to work on in your business, which is part of the reason um, why I created a course called Scale Your Way, because I wanted to help business owners and aspiring business owners to really understand how can you automate, template, and outsource things in your business that you don't necessarily need to be doing. And habits do not restrict freedom. They actually create it. And in fact, the people who don't have their habits handled are often the ones with the least amount of freedom. Um, Think about it. Without good financial habits, you'll always be struggling for the next dollar. Without good habits, like health habits, you'll always seem to have short on energy. Without good learning habits, you will always feel like you're behind the curb. And if you're always being forced to make decisions about simple tasks, like when should I work out? Where do I go to write? When do I pay the bills? When... um, When am I going to do laundry? When do I do the dishes? When am I going to clean my apartment? You then have less time for freedom. And it's only by making the fundamentals of life easier that you then can create the mental space for free thinking and creativity. How habits work is that there is a cue, then a craving, then a response, then a reward. So the cue is the trigger for your brain to initiate 
a behavior. And Charles Duhigg talks about this in um, his book, The Habit Loop, which is a really fantastic book as well, um, where you have a cue and that cue then creates a trigger for your brain to to initiate a behavior. And so the craving is basically the motivational force behind the habit that you've created. Your response is the actual habit that you perform. So it's your response to the cue to the craving. And then your reward is the end goal of every habit that you create. So a really easy, simple one if you think about this. And I would love for you to like, if you can, whip out a piece of paper, write cue, write craving, write response, write reward. And I want you to carry that around with you. It could be on a sticky note and or maybe on your phone, whatever that looks like. And start to notice become more aware of the habits that you've created because this is the other thing. This is a beautiful thing in the sense that habits can really create that automation where you don't have to think about it, but where you also can be dangerous is if you become unconscious to the things that you're doing um, and your habits that aren't serving you. So getting really um, clear and aware of the things that maybe aren't necessarily serving you and bringing awareness to that. So a really great example, easy example is, is that if the cue is that your phone buzzes with a new text message the craving is is that you want to learn more about what is in that text message or even if it's like a social media like hey you just got a like or someone commented on your post your response is is that you grab your phone and you read the text and your reward is that you satisfy your craving to read the message and you grabbing your phone becomes associated with your phone buzzing this is something that I'm really passionate about like one of the constraints that I have is I do not have any social media notifications that come through my phone typically oftentimes if I'm doing deep work my phone is in another room or it is on airplane mode because I don't trust myself enough that if the phone is near me that I'm just not going to pick it up right Um, but I do use my phone for the 25 minute Pomodoro so if that's the case then I totally go offline and I turn my phone on airplane mode because it is too dangerous for me to get a text message or something like oh someone commented on Facebook I don't know whatever that might be that I'm going to like pull myself out of concentration and I'm going to want to check my phone so notice the cue is that your phone buzzes or maybe you get an email notification your craving is is that you want to know what's in that context um what's in that like learn about what is in that message so you grab your phone you open up the app and then your reward is is like you basically satisfy your craving in that moment of wanting to know which that opens up an entire different solo cast about how do you resist urges and overcome the urges so that you can create new neural pathways and so that you can create new habits as well. So again, I want you to get a post-it note and write Q. Number number one is Q. Number two is craving. Number three is response. And number four is reward. And just be mindful about like, okay, um, what are the one, what, like, what is showing up for you in terms of that loop and what is working for you and what is working against you. And if you want to create good habits, what you do is you have to make the Q obvious. You have to make the craving attractive. You have to make the response easy and the reward satisfying. So something might be like if you want to work out in the morning, which really probably starts with the evening before, but something simple that you can do is that your cue is laying out your gym shoes, your clothes, and your socks in like laying them all out the night before so that when you get up in the morning, there's zero resistance for you to have to think about what am I going to wear? Where are my shoes? 
I need to grab my socks. You have it all laid out. Way you can make it attractive is you could inspire yourself to maybe go buy a new workout top. Um, and then again, making it easy. You have basically planned out the night before of what's your workout going to be, or maybe you signed up for a class. And then after you do the working out, like the question is, is how are you going to make it satisfying? So maybe in order to work out or in order to have your coffee, you need to complete your workout. And then you get to reward yourself with having your coffee after your workout. So that's a very simple way to create a good habit. So again, the cue, you want to make it obvious, the craving, you want to make it attractive and the response, make it easy and the reward, make it satisfying. Now, if you want to break a bad habit, you have to make the cue invisible and you have to make the craving, basically it's the opposite. You need to make the craving unattractive and you have to make the response difficult and you have to make the reward unsatisfying. Your habits are shaped by the systems in your life and systems can include constraints that you create like what you say yes to and what you say no to. You can decide ahead of time what days of the week you do certain types of work, when you take calls, when you conduct podcast interviews. And let's say if someone asks to have a phone call with you, you don't have to think twice about which day you want to do it on because you've or you already know what day you're going to do it on because you've set that rule up ahead of time. And systems also include rules and what you eliminate. So here are some of the marching orders. And as we kind of recap and start to end this solo cast is think about, I want you to start small. So write your post-it note down and I want you to start small. And before thinking about even habits that you want to create or start, um, let's first begin with what it is that you can eliminate, what you can stop doing, and basically what you can declutter. An example is that if you notice that you always have the best intentions to work on your business after work, but somehow you always get distracted and you find yourself nothing ever gets done or you procrastinate, um, consider why it is that you do that. Ask yourself. And maybe instead of working, um, you can find yourself cleaning up the house, loading the dishwasher, doing laundry, telling yourself that once it's clean, then you'll get to work. And I know this scenario all too well because when I stopped, uh, when I started to scale back the traveling and I was working from home, it was really distracting to me because if my environment was a mess or I needed to do laundry or the dishes need to get done, I would always do that first rather than working. And I know a lot of you, this is probably something that you've experienced as well. And if my environment is a mess, I find it hard to focus. So I was then spending my precious energy and time cleaning before I even got to work. So I started placing a rule that every night before bed, my apartment would be clean including my office, dishes would always be put away, counters wiped down, everything. Like I would not, my. It, sometimes it drives my husband crazy, crazy, but I will not go to bed unless everything is done. I'm talking like even folding the blanket that goes on my couch because I want everything so well organized and clean because I don't want to fall into a loop of needing to do that first thing in the morning and wasting and expending my precious energy when I could be working on my business. So maybe that's something that you can identify that if you come home from work and you're like, I'm going to work on my business, but you find yourself getting sucked into all these other tasks and activities. The question is, is then how are you going to set a system in place that makes it so that your place isn't messy. Maybe it's keeping yourself accountable to always putting the dish in the dishwasher, not putting it in the sink. Um, the, you asking, your, asking yourself like, why is it a mess? And I, and, and I know there's other examples where you probably just have to understand and work in your environment that is a mess and you kind of have to get through it. But I'm just here to say like, let's think through, and it doesn't have to just be your home, but like, 
what is the root cause and are there things that you can do that will then even prevent it to getting to that place and so who is that person you're identifying with and what systems can you put in place so that you can keep it as clean as possible majority and as as much as possible in that time maybe it is that like you do come home and your place is clean but when you get home it's actually about being in the physical environment of your home that makes it unmotivating and so instead of after leaving work or commuting home from work like is there a coffee shop that you can go to for an hour maybe two hours where you just do work because then you're not getting like you're not susceptible to sit on the couch then turn on the tv and then convince yourself like I'm so exhausted I'm so tired and you shut your laptop and you're like okay I'll do it tomorrow but then you start building that habit so how can you change your environment to basically interrupt that pattern and so that's just another example um, if you find yourself getting distracted to reality, reality TV, instead of um, going back to like how to overcome a like how to break a bad habit. So let's say you are in this position where you kind of binge and indulge on reality TV. An example that James gives in the book is that maybe you basically make your routine of watching TV um difficult. You have to unplug the TV every single time that you want to watch it. And so therefore you kind of get exhausted by the routine that you've created for yourself in order to watch TV. What I would say is how can you just eliminate any possibility of watching reality TV? Is it, can you cut the cord? Can you get out of your contract? Can you just eliminate TV altogether? So you're creating these constraints in your environment. So you're not even distracted. That is the reason why I don't even creep keep any sort of sweets um, in our apartment because I know that I would simply and have just I would eat it in the first two days because I love chocolate like if there's chocolate here oh it's not even lasting like more than 48 hours and so I'm very particular and very careful when I'm at the grocery store and I'm like do I get this chocolate chocolate or do I not? And now it's just like 95% of the time, it's like no brainer. I don't even get it because I'm placing that constraint in my environment. So next, yeah, what rules and constraints can you create in your life? And so some ideas and places you can to start is decide which day you're gonna do certain tasks um, in your business. Um, even if you have a full-time job, you can certainly do this as well, but decide ahead of time, like what days are reserved for content creation? What days are reserved for client work? What days are resor- reserved for any sort of calls and decide which days you're going to take those phone calls if you're even going to do it. So about a year um, about a year ago, I put a rule in my schedule that I no longer do coffee meetups and I only do Zoom calls if it's absolutely necessary. But the Zoom call cannot be more than 20 minutes and it really has to meet um, the criteria that I have set out that um, it has to add value. Like there has to be a certain value for the call and I have like three questions that I knock out and if they don't fulfill all three questions, then I do decline the call. And so those are sort of systems and rules that you can create to really help you hyper-focus and stay focused on the habits that are going to get you to the results that you want. Um, Decide where you're going to work from and where ahead of time on which days. Decide what time um, you are not just just decide ahead of time what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. And lastly, ask yourself the question again, what systems can I put in place that will help me achieve my goal? You'll need to work backwards from your goal, but let's say the example is to replace your corporate income and quit your nine to five in six months. So then to do that, you probably, I recommend getting out a sheet of paper and just free flow brainstorming. And mostly like what I always tell my clients is that the main thing that you need to focus on if you're going to quit your job 
is make money. It's not about a fancy website. It's not about like making sure your Instagram is pretty, the branding piece of it. Yes, that stuff's important, but it is definitely secondary. The primary focus is let's create money. Let's figure out like what are some key skill sets that you can that you can offer and we'll, let's start emailing people. Let's start getting out there. Let's start getting um in front of people that could use your services because as soon as you start making money that is what's going to help you move and quit your job and that and it requires you to land and keep your clients as well and it also requires you going back to the constraints in your schedule to really carve out time on your schedule um, and do some schedule blocking to figure out okay if I'm starting with my first client I'm doing five hours a week like where am I going to get those five hours what daily habits and systems will you need to achieve will you need to implement in order to achieve your goal of leaving your nine to five. So I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I had a blast creating it. I highly recommend you check out um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. It is a really fantastic, it's a really great book. Um, It's a fantastic book. I love learning about how do we create habits and constraints so that we can really focus on the stuff that matters and eliminate the noise that is just basically weighing us down. And especially if you are in your nine to five and you're working on your business, your time is so valuable. Your time and energy and attention is so valuable because you're already working probably at least 40 hours, if not more. And so getting really specific about what matters the most and what's going to get you to grow, like get land clients and then basically replace your income. So it's so, so, so important. So if you liked today's episode, I'd love for you take a screenshot and tag us at she did it her way on Instagram. And we can see and give you a little shout out and share it on our Instagram as well. So until next time, my friends, keep doing it your way. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head on over to she did it her way podcast.com where you can access the entire vault of she did it her way podcast episodes and more information all about how to make the ultimate leap from your nine to five. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you headed on over to iTunes and left a review, letting me know what you love about the she did it her way podcast until next time. Keep doing it your way.